The following is a multi-layered post and story. One of its purposes is to create a premise whereby I can get to be on the enterprise of Star Trek. Picard edition, thus the myth part. I'm creating a scenario where that's hypothetically plausible and in the process illustrating the abstract concept of deliberately creating personal myths where we extend how we are. Some suspension of belief of course required, it's a myth after all. Smile. The roles envisioned are thus created to explain and justify the presence of myself and friends I want to bring along. If we are just our regular selves they won't take us. So we need this cover story. It overlaps into the purpose and point of the whole thing, the zoom out or overview perspective. Which is about creating a scenario for oneself, a personal myth, that's plausible enough to enable being in these very alternate situations where we can also plausibly be in very different ways to our usual selves. The aim is to create circumstances where our imaginations stretch who we are, where we behave beyond the usual and test new ways of being. This imagined plausible realism is a technique to leverage the mind's ability to fit us appropriately to the context and to stimulate us appropriately within that imagined reality. Personal myths are a fantastic tool when used thus. From a conversation with my friend M. Sil, so I made this up for myself. While playing Star Trek Online, in which I'm an admiral, I make a play a mission, or quest, and it's actually part of the real game. Well the mission I make is about an admiral who gets stranded in time and has to create a message which will be picked up in the future, so they can rescue him. He sends a message saying he's from the far far future, but needs to be in the Star Trek Enterprise Picard era for his actual mission. But there's a snafu and he overshot on the time period, the reason he now needs help from Enterprise, as only they are sufficiently cleared for the levels of security needed to perform such a sensitive mission, besides being integral to his mission objective. But, and this is where my myth part really begins, in game this fictional mission gets accidentally screwed up by a real life internet snafu and gets put out onto the web as an independent real story, not as part of the game. No one notices of course and if they do just assume it's a cock up of some sort or a troll. But the way the internet screw up comes about results in it being portrayed as a factual story. That's when the Enterprise picks up this as an anomaly in the time stream, as a consequence of them needing to fiddle with some temporal problem. They naturally have to investigate. M. Because it gets hacked into Seti's Twitter account. Sil, haha, yes. A few such improbabilities and more. I get a knock on my door and it's the away team come to rescue me. They're looking for Admiral Sildenada, which is what I am in game, and thus also in the real appearing internet entry. Being the opportunist I am, I go along, not entirely sure if it's maybe an elaborate prank or publicity stunt, but since it's such an anomaly I have to take it as something from the universe. Well. Much to my delight I'm transported up to the Enterprise. Ha, but a problem presents itself, if I explain what's actually happened, I might be returned to my rightful place and no way I'm going to let that happen. So I go with my new role, as Admiral. I have no other choice, it's destiny. But, big but, I now have to justify my lack of procedural knowledge. I explain my rank is tied to my position, or on board occupation of ship's philosopher, like that of the ship's counselor and doctor. 
I'm a ship's philosopher in the course of my usual duties when assigned to a ship. The ship's philosophers have to have superior rank to the captain in order to overrule when it comes to matters such as temporal, moral and ethical issues and also the prime directive, which is an ethical mess, or, I explain to them, the crime directive as it's come to be known in the future. Much like the doctor and counselor can overrule the captain on medical and psychological issues, so too can the ship's philosopher. However, since philosophy, and in particular the practical philosophy of the future Starfleet and Federation pretty much applies to everything, I have to have the very real rank of admiral. Also, ship's philosophers undergo a very very special training. They are deliberately not trained in the typical formalities pertaining to rank and command, so as to leave them outside those matters and minimize potential interference. The ship's philosophers are thus by design set up to come from outside the system. This is all necessary to justify my ignorance of matters Starfleet, but is also actually sound in the future created practical philosophy I am to bring to the ship. The entire endeavor has to be thoroughly sensible to the Enterprise crew, and also explain me and what would otherwise be peculiar holes in my knowledge. My initial explanation is thus to set up the captain and senior officers to explain to the crew they need to make allowance for me and my team, and that we will be behaving anomalously by design, it's part of our office and duties. However, I warn the captain, my rank is very real and there could likely be situations where I will be in de facto command, much like when a regular admiral has temporarily assumed command. But, I assure the captain, this would only be done with the captain's full cooperation. I'd be a very poor ship's philosopher, or as we are known in some other fleets, ship's elucidator, if I were not able to fully explain to him such necessity and have him then supportive. This all is of course to give me the excuse to satisfy my personal curiosities and personal philosophical missions according to attunement, if it's not too conflicting. To illustrate, the prime directive, I explain, has resulted in massive criminal exploitation of unadvanced worlds. The Ferengi especially, and those not in the Federation, massively abuse these worlds knowing Starfleet would not intervene because of the precious Prime Directive, and as they also come to call it, the Crime Directive. The mission of the Explorer class has changed, I instruct, its first contact at all costs. The grand mission is to prepare worlds for alien incursion, which the Federation and Starfleet have hitherto been somewhat powerless to stop, until such worlds are capable of joining the Federation. But, while we do not interfere in evolutionary development, no such scruples inhibit other spacefarers, thus, we are ethically compelled to prevent certain disaster from the unethical and criminal, for whom such worlds are known as plunder puddings. A huge problem and one which short-sighted policies and inappropriate idealism has facilitated. Sensibility came to predominate when all the instances of captains contravening the PD came under a massive review and it had to be acknowledged the captains were justified. Thus, the directive itself needed changing, not the captains. A key point of communication which cements my validity, and is music to the captain's ethical perspective. I explain we're now free to do much which we could not do before. A new era for Starfleet and the Federation. However, and this is why the Philosopher Corps was created, along with their sub-specializations, ethics, supreme impeccable ethics, 
now has to be a matter of not only ship's pride, but of unquestionable application and thorough deep fundamental understanding by all members of the crew. Because, when in contact with new cultures, one communicates much simply through one's being. Implication behavior is one of the philosophy core specialities and a matter to which the crew will become fully acquainted. There's much much to do I inform the senior officers, but, my team and I will be implementing these slowly, organically, no formal classes or lectures, but simply by virtue of our presence, organic circumstantial sharing as pertinent and relevant, to ensure maximum retention, and especially authority, which they are now tasked to make clear to the crew we have. This leverage has multiple benefits, not least being its pressure on me to apply my own sensibility and be impeccable in my own application. I may have come on board on technically a non-Starfleet reason, but, everything else I aim to make legitimate, in the process actually creating the future philosophy core and the changes in Starfleet and the Federation. A complex philosophical position, but, well, that's my speciality. Within the future PC, as we come to be known, the fine ethics of my maneuver are a powerful and ongoing debate among those new to the core. It's of course ultimately ethically justified in what we call capital E ethics, but, to come to that understanding is a complicated and involved process, one of the unknown tests for new trainees. Ha ha, as ship's philosopher I get to put into action and apply all the ideas and concepts which have come to me while watching the shows. Lol, and of course on a personal level, I now have a whole community who comes to see the value of it all and engages in the sharing and extending and applying of my philosophies and through this, all those concepts, perspectives, and systems of thought get extended, refined, and added to. A massive boon and joy to me. Damn Ferengi are like space rats. Ha ha lol, bad, but yes. The lack of philosophy as part of the ship's regimen is also addressed, starting with those beloved anomalies and how there's more to them, much much more. How they are capital A anomalies. I share and make the senior crew aware of how anomalies are part of the new major philosophical system of attunement, and how Starfleet is to shift to this philosophy if they are to prosper and survive, as the universe is a big place, and so far we've been lucky not to run into something we can't handle but it's out there, and the only way we'll survive is via attunement. One of the reasons my team and I are on the Enterprise specifically, is to prove the validity and potency of this major shift, and thereby, since it's the fleet's flagship and de facto representative of the Federation, ensure this new philosophy spreads and is implemented. We're to be the test case. Also, I explain, philosophy is pertinent and relevant to all departments on the ship, I direct my comment at the dubious body set of the chief engineer. I explain, they actually already have a philosophy in place, like, not assuming. One has to physically check when troubleshooting for instance. The philosophy of perspective shifting and particularly the extended aspect of that mindset, multiple perspective acquisition is likewise a profound part of good engineering. The chief engineer is suitably impressed and pleased, as naturally this is an implied part of his leadership and his department. I point out how such natural philosophies are common, but unfortunately not expressed, and therefore their full value is typically wasted. It's the mission of the PC to bring such understandings and usefulness to awareness and thus ensure they're more regularly and consciously applied, 
leading of course to massive increases in not only productivity, but effectiveness and efficiency. In addition, we've come to see, when crew are consciously deliberate in such ways, their purposefulness is dramatically enhanced and with that their joy of service is compounded, leading to not only a more effective crew, but a happier one. As a demonstration of my capabilities, and how the PC are absolutely not theoretical and stuffy, but very real and have many skills, particular in the communication and observation fields, I nod to an officer, and say, as a history fan. I've noticed them smile every time I use the abbreviation PC, you've no doubt noticed the somewhat ironic use of PC. It's a deliberate adoption. This makes them all take note. Not only did PC stand for political correctness, which we absolutely are not, but in some sense also are, PC also stood for police constable, and in its earlier usage, authority. Again, subtle reminders of our role, and its ethical complexity, the aim to keep us humble and modest. One of our chief tenets, I say, is, a compounded irony, to interfere as minimally as possible. PC philosophy and dictums guide us to share as much as feasible, despite having the authority to enforce. But, we'd be failing in our occupation if we'd have to do so, because, the true measure of our value and usefulness lies in the self-evident nature of what we share and communicate. If it's not self-evidently sensible, then it has no place in our philosophical arsenal. Lol M, and the rest, if I were to extend it all into a new SD series, is exploring first contact and how to prepare and overcome prejudice, and overcome cultural beliefs and superstitions. All taking the philosophical implications and extensions past the limited and unappliable points of the old Star Trek series. There are many many holes and flaws. Not to mention unthought of points not raised but that inevitably would be. One of my particular missions for instance, from the future, is to set the Vulcans straight about logic and emotions. Tongue. Also with the sub-theme of applying to today's problems. The parallels are immense. Very cool. Lol yeah, and, most critically, I bring some friends along. My team. Chips Angel is one. Chips Noob, Nerd, is another. Chips Connector. Chips, open for more. Smile. I was just fantasizing about the Enterprise encountering a world civilization that did not believe in anomalies, since they had everything accounted for and the story would be finding the single anomaly that would bring it all down. Their jobs are to simply spread joy wherever they are, and to learn, explore and ask questions, questions which require and force the explanation and justification of the various ship's occupations and functions. They're a foil for acceptance through habit and stimulate fresh perspectives. Which, as ship's philosopher, I'm big on making sure are part of every crew member's thinking. This my teams do through coming at things as if they have never encountered them before. Have to make it all fit and plausible, since we are from their future we have to be this way so as not to inadvertently give away things about the future and cause temporal disruptions. We are incredibly scrupulous in this and impeccable of course in its application. Ethics being a fundamental and primary part of what we bring to the ships as part of the philosophy directive. Still in the future for Starfleet and the Federation as a whole, but, because of the massive anomaly which has caused us to be on board, and via sophisticated attunement, I'm able to share ahead of time with Enterprise, because, well, 
they are special, and in the future, it's the enterprise which is instrumental in causing the philosophy directive to be adopted by all. I see now how that oddity, from my future perspective, comes to make sense. It all fits. Everything is thus as it's supposed to be. As a side note, I explain it wasn't our original mission exactly, but close enough. Seems the universe has taken the hand, with stranding us for so long in the past, which has resulted in us needing to assimilate much of the outward cultural behavior of the period, but which has had the positive benefit of removing us from behaviors which might inadvertently cue the future, despite our training. In fact, if I am ever to return to the future, which if my reading of attunement is accurate, will not happen, I will recommend all active assigned PC personnel first spend time in a technologically sophisticated but pre-interstellar time period. An excellent mechanism to not only ensure their ethics and philosophy are sound enough to withstand the rigors of such periods, but also for that disassociation from the future so necessary for our work as we have to retroactively go back and remedy all the horrors which have resulted from the crime directive. The massive massive temporal and ethical mess which we have to fix would otherwise lead to the eventual collapse of the Federation taking Starfleet with it if we don't rectify matters. Inappropriate morality, I explain, no matter how well-intentioned, inevitably leads to disaster. And, I laugh, all this and our presence on the Enterprise as well as the future philosophy core, all come to be possible through a huge temporal anomaly, one I'm not at liberty to fully discuss, and it seems, it said he's resulted in the inadvertent stranding of me and my team, but, which all aligns with the clear intent and opportunity of this phenomenal and universe-changing anomaly. Otherwise there's no way we could so directly change the past, on such a large scale. And through all this the team bring improvement and also appreciation. Lol, nice re your anomaly idea. And that anomaly is me, I don't belong, but the quandary is, do I let that world go to hell, or keep my position on the enterprise? OFC, bye bye snooty arrogant world. Ha ha, in the personal myth concept it's important to also behave in completely contrary ways to usual. Cool. So now I have to create a new position, for a late arrival on board. New arrival is Harold T. Ship's Data. Or, open to suggestions if you fancy some other role. And... Lol. Just not Mrs. Doubtfire. Ha ha no. The role of the ship's doubter is to take a contrary position and force crew members to explain and justify. The ship's doubter deliberately appears ignorant of the technical aspects for one from the future, but like the ship's philosopher, Angel and the noob, they are so by design, to force perspective. The ship's doubter forces a critical re-examination coming from the standpoint of the assumption that what is good and fine, is false. He is the tester of convenient assumption. With the ship snoob, it's sharing the joy of their occupations and positions, responding to the enthusiasm of new discovery via fresh eyes. As the ship snoob is not really a noob, but a nerd really, super interested in all the tech stuff and how it all works and so on. But has to appear to be a noob in order to get the crew to explain from the ground up, forcing them to rethink and re-examine basic premises and paradigms which may have been valid way back when the technology originated but are no longer so. Thus the ship's noob performs an extremely valuable function. And of course that nerd side we all have is thoroughly fulfilled through this. 
and it's in keeping with the philosopher's team maintaining temporal sanctity. That's become the official term via the future philosopher's department at Starfleet. The ship's angel, because she's, or he's, such a gloriously wonderful person is simply to be and do whatever strikes her fancy. Her mere presence is uplifting, but also has a greater effect. The ship's angel shows ways of being more specifically. For the ship's angel changes how she is, often, always with joy and goodness as the underpinnings. But the ship's angel gets involved in the recreational activities of the crew. Her enthusiasm and innocent joy infusing all. Her openness leads them to also treat her as a confidant and they can share with her what they cannot always share to the ship's counselor, such as more speculative spiritual matters. She's open and receptive and enjoys the intimacy and in confidence sharings of the crew. With the counselor writs on record. With the ship's angel they can share anything as she's open and supportive of anything at all. A huge relief mechanism for the crew, as there are always matters which need to be released from within which are not really feasible via official channels. Not much of it is serious at all, but even the frivolous can build up to cause stress. Speculation, and also doubt, we explain to the captain, have come to be understood in the future to be vital parts of a crew's overall well-being besides, she is so loved that she adds a connecting link to the crew, and ship as a whole, from the universe. They see the ship's angel as the soul of ship and crew. Less than three. The ship's connector's role is to link the crew, to foster greater connectivity and
and awareness of what others are doing and are about, to ensure there are no gulfs which develop because of immersion. The ship's connector uses a very old-fashioned method to do this. Photography. They go everywhere and simply take pictures of the crew doing whatever they're doing, both in official capacities and recreationally. But the mechanism they employ for using this to connect the crew is old-fashioned paper notice boards. These go up in places like the ship's restaurant, bar, in the gyms, outside the holodecks and anywhere the crew might congregate when off-duty. The physical nature of the printed pictures change the interactions, making for a different connection, especially once the crew come to treasure these as tangible mementos. The pictures are of course not just shared for no reason, but carefully chosen to be meaningful, become a point of pride and joy, and naturally, connection. And old-fashioned special camera is used, still using film, necessitating more deliberate takings of the photos and a dark room, adding also that nostalgic association, a deliberate part of this sub-speciality in the PC team. The crew of course want to see the pictures and while at the notice boards they are also coming into contact with others who they might not otherwise be sharing something with. The viewing of the pictures in this way leads to connectivity not just of awareness of what others are doing, but also in a direct way. This is but one connecting method employed. There are others, such as totally random assignments for which no one is qualified, but the teams have to improvise and make the best of what they have. The aim is to bring a major component of the new ship's philosophy to bear, the crucial implementation of collaboration as a fundamental mindset and ability. LOL, I had to make roles for friends, you see. And they have to be sustainable roles within the mythology I created with me as Admiral. They're part of his staff and under his protection. According to confidential briefings by the Admiral to the senior crew he explains his staff have been most rigorously selected for their ability to completely immerse in their respective roles, to the point of not remembering the future. The Admiral is of course constrained to talk about the future for obvious reasons of timeline corruption and to preserve temporal sanctity. The roles are designed to give us, me and my friends, free access to all parts of the ship and justify our presence and also to make us useful in ways they had not thought of. Smile. Ha, we need not only a neat cover story right, but also provide real value, so they're happy to take us along and keep us on board, yeah? And not drop us off at the nearest star base. Brilliant. Cool. Smile. The above is not the deliberate personal myth concept itself, just an example of how it could be implemented. The concept of creating and having personal myths goes beyond just a story. It's a template. For instance, for me personally, philosophy and its application is part of my daily life. But it's always personal. To think it's applicable to others is not part of my thinking. It might be, but I can't really ever know that for sure. The idea of presuming is horrendous to me and avoided at all costs. I can share yes, but that's as far as it goes. However, if I were in a position such as the ship's philosopher, where I now had to evaluate and institute a philosophy on behalf of others, this would be a huge huge shift and change for me. I'd be coming at not only philosophy itself, but my personal philosophies, from a completely different angle and as such an entirely separate ethical field. It'd be a massive shift of personal responsibility. 
when it comes to individual philosophy, I don't feel we can take personal responsibility for the philosophy of another, they have to come by it themselves. But in the case of the ship's philosopher in this particular personal myth, it's a luxury which is no longer entirely available, as I would have to be in a particular way pertinent and relevant to the situation. Not to mention the necessity of ensuring the crew have personal philosophies which are appropriately representative, at least in terms of public expression when dealing with first contact or worlds new to the Federation. Ott's no longer only Starfleet and Federation doctrine which is at issue, but the representation of their entire philosophical underpinning. The relevance for me personally is I have to extend myself to be appropriate within my mythos, a deliberate circumstance designed explicitly for this purpose. My immersion in my personal myth and playing out these scenarios allows me to come to terms with, and find ways of dealing with that which I otherwise would never do since the circumstances aren't present. The value and purpose of the deliberate personal myth is to enable us to continually rewrite and adjust our story and us in it to try different storylines, to imagine ourselves in a variety of situations and interactions. It's important to create stories which have myth-like qualities, which are far removed from our daily lives, so that it's not preposterous to be completely different as it's in keeping and appropriate within the personal myth. We thus practice alternate ways of being. We test and configure, explore and refine. A massively valuable way of expanding ourselves and a huge amount of fun to boot. Nobelia.org Self-Discovery Project Hashtag Personal Myth Hashtag Self-Leverage Hashtag Self-Improvement Hashtag Star Trek Hashtag Starfleet Hashtag Prime Directive Hashtag Ships Philosopher Hashtag Star Trek Philosophy Hashtag Enterprise Hashtag Self-Discovery